Welcome to the channel podcast. I am Rainey alongside my good friend, Austin Brown. It is March the 26th, 2023. Both the men's and women's basketball teams fall in the Sweet 16. What is next is a question we will propose in this podcast. I've also got a bone to pick with Alabama fans after this weekend of me experiencing them witness their I guess you could say their first real tournament birth of being in the tournament for the second year in a row. I've got a bone to pick with them. Uh, our baseball team uh, got a sweep over AM this weekend, which was much needed. And the final four is set. Austin, what is up, my friend? How are you doing? I'm doing uh, just fine. Just fine. You know, uh, it's not the greatest week ever, but... It is what it is. That's that's a lot of the a lot of the state of Tennessee stuff. It is what it is. <laughs> it is wow. what it is. It definitely is what it is. Austin, out of all those topics, my friend, sir, uh, which one do you want to start off with the most? Well, I kind of go the different. I, what I want to talk about is not what I'm going to talk about. I think we got to talk about it, though. I think we have to talk about it. I think it's the most necessary thing to discuss, and that is Tennessee losing in the Sweet 16. Went as far as anyone in the SEC, but that's as far as we got. We beat Duke, and then we faced a Florida Atlantic team that I wouldn't call them a Cinderella. I just call them a pretty hot team that won 33 games. And we scored, I think, 55 points and lost that one. And in a fashion that we've seen our team lose all year. And uh, I guess it's 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 pretty disappointing because you look at that path of FAU, Kansas State, Michigan State, those are your three teams to get to your first Final Four in school history, and you couldn't do it. And uh, it's tough. It's, it's just tough. And it's not like this team was an uh, all-time team in Tennessee history. This team – with the fans, this team made us angry. This team was inconsistent all year, honestly. And the media tried to tell us this was the best team in Tennessee history, which it never was. Maybe best defense, but honestly, you're only great on defense if you're kind of bad in offense. So <sighs> now you're left. Just where do we go from here? I yeah, guess. I. I when we beat Duke, I was really happy. We were together. We were at Walk-On's Restaurant in Knoxville, Tennessee, watching with all of our friends, super excited. And it just it happens to be just – I'm just – it's the honest truth. A theme time after time again, no matter who is on the team, no matter what team it is, they're going to hit a dry spell in shooting. They're going to hit a dry spell in offense. They're going to hit a dry spell in a game. They're going to come up just flat. And it happens too often. It happens yeah. too often. And Austin, I just want to ask you the question, like, and this is like a just a straight, straight question. Like, why is that? Why is that? Um, I think I don't I've never agreed with the offensive philosophy. I would like to run more plays. I like to run with more speed. I'd like to do things at the at the rim because shooting comes and goes it's you will create some shots but 
clearly, I mean, I think we missed probably like 30, 25, maybe mid-range shots against FAU. And that's just, uh, and that happened a lot this year. I mean, I know Rick Barnes, he recruits players to, uh, to play defense pretty much. He recruits defensive guys and he just says, we'll figure out offense. And he has an offense that he runs. It's his offense. But, uh, too too many times, time and time again, we just cannot find a bucket to save our lives. They, it, there's so many times when you just see us dribbling up the court, you have no idea how you're going to get points here. And about 70% of the time, you don't. So, um, or maybe 60. Uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, and I, I tweeted this out, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I'm watching the NCAA tournament. I'm watching all of these teams. And none of these teams look like Tennessee. Absolutely none of them look like Tennessee out there. I don't know if that's this. Actually, I do know. It's the style of coaching that's happening at Tennessee. It's no team out there looks like. And someone brought up the fact, I get it, Virginia won a national title a couple years ago. But someone brought it up as like, uh, have you seen Virginia this year? And then someone commented back, like, he probably hasn't because they got beat by Furman. So it kind of brings up the aspect of like, man, something's got to change. Like, got to, yeah. And I've, I've brought up this, 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 this fact, and it is a fact because if you watch the game, Rick Barnes is very stubborn. We've brought this up so many times on air. Yeah. We feel like we, we're regurgitating the same argument over and over again. He's very stubborn. He can't get out of his own way. He, 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 he rarely calls a timeout when they're bleeding, uh, and they're that, they're literally. That drives me crazy with many anything. I just like he's a good coach, and I'm not. I'm not saying he's not, but but there's a point where someone's got to step up and be like, dude, you've got to do something different. You got to do something different. And yeah. if you've been on Twitter, if if you've seen comments from from players from previous players on Twitter or Facebook, or wherever you're at, they're saying the same thing. You've got to – something's got to give. Like, got to do something. Like, this team is just the, – the offense is so just boring. It's, I mean, it's, it's boring. It's, it's clearly Predictable. Flawed. It's predictable. Yeah, it's predictable. And it's – I mean, if you're off shooting, it's just going to be a long night at the gym. Period. Um, same time, I mean – we were freaking out about this. We're, we're very angry. But at the same time, this season included maybe the second biggest victory in Tennessee basketball history. And you went just as far as anyone in your conference. So it's hard to say we should be that pissed off at this. But in, in, especially, in, especially since I don't think this was that great of a team. I think if you ranked all of Rick Barnes' teams since, since he's been here, I'd rank it probably fourth. And yes. it involved the greatest victory he's ever had. But it's just. I'm but then again, but go this way. Yeah, exactly. But but then again, you say you want to rank the best teams of all time in Rick Barnes era. This team got as far as the greatest team in Rick Barnes era. Yeah. They, they they just did, and this it's becoming a problem. And people are like, well, there's okay. I, I I'm going to I'm going to say this in the calmest way possible. But I am sick and tired of our fan base making excuses every year. There's something different every single year. 
There's something different every single. We just run into we run into that juggernaut team every single year. We well, well this year we didn't have like an elite point guard. Blah 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 blah. Well, we had a leak point guard last year. Same result. We we we. You gotta beat one of these teams that are not as relevant as you are. I'm sorry. That's just how it has to. You can't make that excuse every single um, year of like, oh, we run into a team every single year. Blah 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 blah. blah. So, sorry, you can't Rick, stop making that excuse. Rick Barnes now has 27 NCAA tournament victories. Uh, do you want to guess how many times, how, how how many of those victories came when he was the lower seeded team? I have no idea. One. So of his 27 NCAA tournament wins. He's only beaten a higher ranked seed one time. That's insane. Yeah. I will That's say the Duke, one, the Duke one felt like a higher ranked grade seed. And that was a great under, win. Vegas underdogs. But that yeah. that was a great win. That that was a great win. But this 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 just the, the aspect of hey, watch this. This is what this team could be. And the next week they just fall flat on their face. When they, and there's it's just I'm I'm starting to get a little I'm trying to stay calm as I can, but I'm starting to get a little heat and fired up inside because I'm sick of the same BS every time. It's the same crap every time. Other teams adjust he has no answer. It's the same thing. The longer the season goes along, the easier teams figure out his offense. By the time they get to March, people are like, oh, I already know this. We know how to defend this. I don't think it's them knowing how to defend it. I just think it's called figuring it out. No, I I feel like we. Oh my god, we got the shot we wanted against FAU. They just didn't go down. I just don't think. I think this problem with him lies more in the offensive running. It's not very efficient. It's just I don't. I don't like having to rely rely on mid range shots. They especially when you don't recruit that many good shooters like Olivia Kamwa. I mean, he he if he if he's making them, he's it's great, you know. But he's and make him a whole lot, and uh, I just I'd like to go to the goal more. I like I'd like to dr- drive. You, know, you have the paint. You have Uris Plotsu. Cannot be stopped in the first half. Making making plays, using his just given talent underneath the basket. They don't go back to that. They stop it. Yeah. Like why? Just keep going back to it until it doesn't work anymore. I don't understand how this is so difficult to understand. You watch something working, and then you stop it. It blows my mind. Am I a coach? No, but I have eyes. I can see what's working. I don't know how you can't. Is it based off of the – I don't know. It's it's clear they have a a game plan to start, but eventually it just morphs into – you know, the motions. more sense of the other team knowing what they're doing. Yes, I agree. I agree. And there is no other option. It's the same thing all game long. There's no change of nothing. We're it's gonna... stubbornness. It's stubbornness. And I'm sorry, but you've heard it a million times. This is why I got fired at Texas. People got sick of it. And you understand why. You can't you just got to get out of your way, man. You got to just try something new, something different, something. <laughs> Texas fans warned us. Fan bases. We... I'm not sure if we should be this mad, though. I don't know. 
it's not being mad. It's it's more of just a you're getting tired of watching it. That is true. Okay, it's uh, it gets old. I you I, can't I, disagree with that. It does, but I but I also would never get rid of him until he in, unless he's actually having bad seasons. That's the only time I'll get rid of him because I'm just not going to trade consistent success. Because I mean. It can go downhill really fast if you make a sudden ch- coaching change. And we're not making a coaching change. There's no chance on I know. I, Rick Barnes is not the coach next year. I, I, I'm just saying, let Barnes, what you've said so many times, Austin, let him ride it out. Let him retire. I'm I'm fine with that. But, man, in the meantime, you got to do something, man. Like nice. something. Just something different. It's not working. It doesn't work. You're going to get to the same spot every single year, and you're going to do the same thing every single year, and you're just going to have it's, – it it's it's exhausting, man. You can't tell me watching this season wasn't exhausting. If we had Zakai Ziegler, would we have beaten Florida Atlanta? No, it's the same offense. Stop. It's not. We were still scoring the same amount of points with him in the game. Yeah. The exact same amount. Every other game was a dud. Every other played, game was a high-scoring game. Might have played better defense, though. 155 to 51. <laughs> I'm just – it didn't – Getting our you rebound, can, it was a bigger issue, though. We got our, our rebounded by about 10. I, why Why wasn't Awaka playing? Awaka is one of the few guys on this team that will seriously fight for a rebound and be like – I don't know. Uh, that, that I don't understand. That that front Who? You can okay, so, like a minute in the first half, and then he was gone. I don't, all right, so, I don't understand. Not playing. So him. who who puts those players? Who puts those players in the game? Who puts those players in the game? Rick Barnes. I'm not saying he didn't fuck up. I know. No, I'm just saying. It's like you have to try something different. I know. You, you think of me like, as Rick Barnes' defender, and I am. To you are. I you am. are. But I'm my not. Thing a, is, my thing is like, I know he sucks at these things, but I'm just gonna. I gotta live with him because he's a best result. I think we're gonna get we're gonna. No, I, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing that. My point is, is is the people that just are so in over their heads. As soon as you say something like, "Hey, uh, this needs to change," like, "Well, who else are we gonna get?" That's not what we're saying. Are you dumb? Are you dumb? That's not what we're saying. It's saying, "Hey, man." If you can't notice this, I don't know how to help you here because it's the same thing every single season. Like we've said, let Rick Barnes ride it out. I'm fine with it. He's made this program very attractive. This program is very attractive because of Rick Barnes. And Texas was very attractive after he left because of Rick Barnes. And Texas almost just went into the Final Four. I'm just on an interim coach is my main – like it's just – I don't know what else to really – say about it and oh, am i happy went to the sweet 16 yeah i'm thrilled i thought it was great like we had a lot of fun moments in the season but it's it's what i tweeted out early in early in the week man it's just uh-huh. you gotta accept it it is what it is this is what it's gonna be like every single year accept it just accept it and the people right. will comment hang on one second Lars, i'm sorry people will comment look i'm okay with going to sweet 16 every year so you're you're telling me you're you're okay with just getting the same spot and never advance? Like you, I don't understand how people are just happy with complacency. It blows my mind. It's like, oh, this is good. I'll settle for this. Why are you settlers? 
Stop settling. You want more. This is why coaches get fired because they get to a certain point and they can't get more. I'm not saying fire him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, God, God, there gets to a point where like, this is so boring and stale and old. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And the majority of our fans would probably agree with me, but there's a slight selection of fans who are like, you're so dumb. No, I don't know how you can't see how this is just a, this is what it is. This this is, is what it is. It does feel that way, and I'm. I want to. You want to be wrong about it, but so far, we we've been. You know, it is the way it is. Uh, I mean, it's basketball. Anything can happen. It's a game. You can win. You can lose. I mean, it's not impossible for him to get to the final four. He's done it four. So I'm not. I'm not completely where you are with that because mm-hmm. I still believe. I mean, hell, we won the game as an underdog. That means he can do that. And if he could just string together a few of those, we can go deep in March. Mm-hmm. And it's really frustrating sitting here, though, losing the FAU, scoring mm-hmm. 55 points. But at the same time, the shots were there. I mean, they were going down for against Duke, and, and today they weren't. Or Thursday night, they were not. It's just well, incredibly frustrating. And I don't get hit how the guys he played, like why are you letting yourself be that rebounded? by not putting a Waka and leaving in guys like Tyreek Key. I mean, Santiago, I felt like, was the only guy fighting for rebounds. It's just... I mean, Olivier, I, I guess he, he... He wasn't really engaged in the first 10 minutes, so he took him out, and I think he didn't re-enter until eight minutes in the second half. Someone brought this up on Nashville Sports Talk Radio, and I have to somewhat agree with it. There seems to be a disconnect between the players on the court and Rick Barnes. There seems to be something not there. It, it's 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 like they want to play one way and they're not playing the way they want to play. Does that make sense? It's like they're told to play this way, but we don't want to play this way. Like this is not how we work. Like there's a disconnect. There, there's a system that is so instilled in their in their brains, and they it's almost like they don't want to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 stubbornness that this offense is a little uh it's overdone and people know how to defend against it, and it's not really efficient. And they want to go probably run and gun style and just have fun. It feels like it does feel like we have to get down big in a game for him to let the reins off the offense and yeah. just let him like that's why we came back against uh, Missouri and almost won that game because he just let him go free and I don't know man. I don't, I don't I'm know looking... what makes him I mean you, you look at his success in March why don't you know like why 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 don't you know like uh, this is not that great I will say. It is kind of like a defensive philosophy because they take more shot clock. They, you know, slow down the game. They they manage the pace of play, and that that that's why we won some games. I, I remember against losing Lafayette, we were playing their style. You know, just, just running down the court and shooting fast shots, and Rick Barnes was yelling him, "Slow the pace down, slow the pace down," and you let. Uh, I think they called a timeout, and he and the lady said he said. Uh, you're playing at their pace. We need to slow it down. And when we did that, we kind of took the game back over. So 
No, uh, I just I, I, you've got to you've got to score. There, there's a point where you have to risk some defense to score some freaking points. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna quit. Brian Williams used to play for Tennessee. Okay, posted something that he said. I was at the game. Horrible coaching, but then again, how can you coach no talent, buddy? I'm here to tell you. They have two five stars on that team. Two five stars. You can't tell me there's no talent. You have two five stars. But Scovy, you have a lot of talent on the team. You can't sit there and tell me you don't have talent. It looks like they don't have talent sometimes. It's insane. It's it's crazy. Uh, I don't know what that what's happened with Phillips. On the on, on offense, he looks lost because you know what? That, that, that guy just, is born to. You know, I'm just gonna just go. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. It's almost like when five stars come here, they they look lost. It's so weird. That's not. I oh, shut up! Can you share that kind of for inside argument? Who Man, else? Looks, Keep uh, going. Well, only five. I mean, Keon were great. Jaden was pretty great. They weren't like super stars, but had a lot of five stars have been kind of disappointing for teams lately. Look at Kentucky over recent years. I'm just, I'm just saying, this is like, Kishibwe, he came in as a it's like, it's just, at West Virginia. it just blows my mind that you see these players, and I know, again, it's high school, but you see these high school phenom scores, and they get here, and they're forced to pass it 50,000 times before they take a shot. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm 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 bored and exhausted with it. So I will say when this offense did work, it was fun. Yeah, like against Texas, and uh, it works. But then people figured it out. People, there are certain no, there are certain teams that figure it out and know how to defend it. And then when they know how to defend it, there's nothing else there. It is. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to stick to. There's nothing else. You're going to do this, and you're going to like it. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. And if you can't see that, I feel bad. I don't get it. You have to change the offense somehow. Uh, you you gotta, got to. You've got to. Something. It just sucks. Like You're not going to feel better about us until, I guess, if we won the SEC or something. But, man, who's coming back from this team? Uh, I think Euros is. Euros has got a fifth-year option. All the seniors do. Or a six-year uh, option or whatever. But. I don't um, know about Santiago or Josiah. I don't think Josiah's back. Vescovi's uh, gone. I don't I've heard know. Some talk that Vescovi could be coming back because of. I doubt it. I, I've heard rumors, but I doubt it. Um, um but he could come back. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know if you want him back. He's just. I mean, yeah, we saw what he could do at Duke, but you hardly ever did it. So it's just so frustrating. He's the most frustrating player yeah. I've ever seen here, because. Like some people say, JG and yeah, JG was incredibly infuriating, but I did not see it in him. I, I felt like he he didn't have that much talent, honestly. And but uh, Olivier, you saw how great he could be, but it, it came in and, and went. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's coaching. I feel like that's just a, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't check everything up to coaching. I, I I feel like people blame coaching a little too much. It's kind of like a easy out but like this team really wasn't that good an easy out it was an easy out you had a team of 
pretty much all seniors, pretty much, it feels like. They aren't that good. Upperclassmen. A team full of pretty much upperclassmen. No you're gonna tell me players. that's not <laughs> you're gonna tell me that's not coaching? Really? Because FAU has an entire team of C plus players and they're in the elite eight, the final four. Basketball, you get hot, you get like you just no. Dude, why why don't we ever get hot? Why don't we ever get hot? We do, never get think, hot. I do think not putting a walk in was a huge mistake because we had to get some rebounds. Why do we, we never we, get hot though? We do, we do get hot. We beat Duke. That was just That's getting not hot. getting hot. Yeah, we got hot. Oh, in that's the game one game in the game. We one one game is not getting hot. I'm I, I hate to break it to you, but the teams that always beat us, you've got to beat those teams, those smaller teams. You've got to say, hey, we're better than you. We're going to beat you. Rick Barnes is too nice. He's too nice. He's too nice. Stop it. Off. He is. I think he's too nice. You have got. You think the opposite? Because he he gets in his own way because of his stubbornness. That that's he's too nice. He's a hard ass on, on in basketball, but because and he won't Get, see his own faults. He's he's too nice when it in game. He's too nice. Stop being too nice. Rick Barnes loses this game. He's like mm, on to the next one. There's like there's just I just feel like he's content with the results. I will say it bothered me when just when Josiah said after the game that they that it seemed like they wanted it more. That was that, that bothered me. Yeah, and I don't get it. This, this team was having the time of their lives against uh, against Duke, and just the, they, they never looked like a better team. That was the greatest I'm, day for I'm, that team. I'm, and I'm telling it's gone you, man. And after in New York City, and we we came out of the gates pretty well. We had a good game plan yeah. with Euros going to the goal, and then we just went totally stagnant from on I'm, offense. We were missing good shots. They weren't bad shots, and I mean it's not like we didn't try to. I'm just telling you, there's a disconnect on the court and the coach. There's a disconnect, and I'm telling you, body language tells you everything you need to know. There's a disconnect somewhere, somehow. There is a disconnect. I don't know where it is, but they they just you you a team does not act like this every single year, the exact same all the time. If there isn't something wrong with 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 the higher coaching, do you think? Losing all these assistants over the years because that wasn't like I don't feel like the Admiral and Grant teams hated Rick Barnes or or had bad bad body language. When held the game, they lost. They were scoring ninety points. Who was it? Kim English? No, he wasn't on the team. Oh, we did. We we lost English, but he wasn't on that that coaching staff. Rob Lanier was the lead assistant. Who's okay. at SMU now? I feel like he was big help. And Mike Mike Michael Schwartz. He, he's uh, East Carolina. And Desmond uh, Oliver, the, I mean, we've lost a lot of assistants to head coaching jobs throughout the past few years. I don't know, man. They're just to me. There's just there's some some kind of disconnect, and it's the same thing every year. And I really, do you think we we were getting pretty iffy officiating in that game? I will say that 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 mm-hmm. sucks. But another excuse. Let's, let's bring it along. Another excuse. Uh, uh, I I, I'm, I'm just well, I, sometimes because it does feel like a lot of crazy things are going to happen in one game against a whoever, and and that's your season. That's it. This yeah. Only. Well, I just, I just every year. It is. It is. What what we just said a little while ago, or what I just said a little while ago. Every year, there is another excuse. Yeah. When when you keep making excuses, there is a problem. I will if you say can't, though, <laughs> like, I don't get it. 
I don't also, get it. This team, uh, among all the Barnes postseason failures, this team has the had the best postseason, I think. Because I, I think they're about the fourth best team he's ever had, maybe fifth. And they went to as deep as any of them did. So the failures in 1918, 21, and 22 were much greater. I think last year was his biggest March failure, not losing to Michigan in the second round. I was that there was no defending that. That was I just I I just awful. You just you just look at the bracket, how it lined up this year. It was a it was set up for you. I mean set up for you. It was handed to you on a platter. Saying, hey, man, you don't have to play Purdue. You don't have to play these other big-name teams. You get these teams instead of those teams. You'll never, have, to an you. easy, you'll never have an easier setup. You ever. won't. And you it be, happened you be Duke, again. and that was hard. Maybe, maybe, it that's happened the, again. maybe that's the problem. Maybe if we just played hard teams, we'd, we'd win. Because we've only beaten, like, when we get wins, it's usually against a big-name team. That's a problem! Yeah. Like, how do you just <laughs> get out coached by these smaller schools? FAU, listen, this team is, I'm not saying they're not legit. They're they're really good. But, dude, you, you, are, getting out, you are getting out coached by a coach who hasn't been a coach in major basketball for very long. And you've been there for 40 motherfucking years. And you uh, still get out coached every year by other coaches that have barely been there as the amount of time you have. It's unreal. FAU is going to the Final Four, and they beat Memphis on an if you call it in the game. Fairly Dickinson, 16 seed. Rick Barnes <laughs> in his fourth that best team in Tennessee. And first-year coach of Kansas State with the overachieving roster. I, I don't Man, that was an easy path to Final Four, I'll be honest. Yeah, so was ours. So yeah. so was ours. Okay. My, my, my philosophy with it, I'm just closing. What does it say next year, I guess? We're just gonna ride this out for a couple of years, see what happens. I don't I I'm I don't know what the roster will look like next year. I it doesn't matter. <laughs> say tell you it doesn't matter. I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. I mean, oh, it I, doesn't though. Okay, I'll, I'll when has you, it ever mattered? Let, let, let me, let me know. Let me know when you find that answer. You, when has it ever do mattered? Do you view regular regular season success and SEC tournament success? Does that do anything for you as a fan? No, nothing. It's, it just it, it pisses me off when people are like, "Well, I won the SEC title." That okay. My one of my one, no listen. One of my good friends is a Kentucky fan, and he. They're a blue blood program. Mm -hmm. He's been a fan for his entire life. He's like 52 years old, I believe. And when I was like, yeah, we won the title, he's like, that's irrelevant. He's like, cool, hang the banner. Because he's a Kentucky fan. I mean, I, yes, because they're you. That's what you're there to do. You win the SEC. You, you win the SEC title. That's cool. That's fun. You have your little moment of like, yeah. But then you hit March and you do the same shit. The same you, shit you did the year before. Sorry. You hate college basketball. Huh? Same thing. It's March no Madness. Difference. March Madness is the greatest, one of the greatest things in sports. But the regular season for college basketball, how worthless it's viewed, sucks to me. 
Like that's why I'm very scared about the playoff expanding and us getting even more teams in football because I love how important the regular season is. Give me five, give me four months of just nonstop drama rather than a just a a smashed weekend or well, a couple weekends. You can't compare football and basketball because there's 11 games of football in 33 in basketball. You can't, I know you can't, but you just can't compare is, that. Part of me wishes the tournament was only like 16 teams because it would make the regular season very interesting and ever mm-hmm. and you'd be watching a lot more. Yeah. But again, you'd have a lot of teams competing for nothing. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, you could do, you could do that. And see still. But, let's yeah. let's move on from basketball. Boring. Let's move on from basketball. I feel like we've talked about this for the last five weeks straight. Same result, pretty much every podcast. Same topic. Same things said. Over and over again. I want to get to my points real quick. Moving on from basketball. And I want to get to the Bama fans. Okay. The Bamers. Oh, the Bama. The the Bama people. Listen, we have our issues with wanting to really win big. So okay? they're called gumps. They call yeah, we, 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 have, we have our issues wanting to win really big. And listen, the reason I'm getting so angry about all this is because I want to win that bad. I want to win that bad. I really do want to win so bad. I get so angry because we we don't. But here is my thing. At Buffalo Wild Wings, this past week, a couple days ago, actually, was it Friday night when Alabama played San Diego State? Friday night. Okay. Buffalo Wild Wings, watching San Diego State versus Alabama. Group of Alabama fans. I mean, they were massive fans. They were decked out in all Alabama gear. I mean, they were just, they were rooting on their team, you know, barking like Georgia. They are just rooting on their team. And the entire time I'm watching these losers over here at this table, and their, their heads are all dug in their phones. They're barely watching the game. And every time they do, Look up at the game. As soon as they look up, like, oh, that's a foul. That's a foul. Tell me you have never watched basketball in your life until this year. Please tell me mm-hmm. that you have never watched a college basketball game from your university in the history of your life right now. Please tell me. Alabama fans are the biggest scum pieces of crap on this planet. They only care about their team when they're winning. When they're winning. They're own little barstool Alabama account tweeted out earlier. Go Aztecs. Wait, so you're cheering for the Aztecs now? Like who, who, who as a, as, as a fan cheers for another team. I want every team to lose, but mine, these losers could care less. There was like a minute left in the game and half of their table went to the bathroom, went to the bathroom. Who goes to the bathroom? When there's a game that crucial on and you're like, well, I got to go pee. So I'm just going to go. I don't really care about this. Like you Bama fans are the fakest, fraudest pieces of garbage fan base I've ever seen in my entire existence. You didn't cheer for Alabama football. There, there, there are some hardcore loyal fans for Alabama football. They're but the majority the of you, yeah, the, the, the majority of you did not s- didn't even watch football before Nick Saban. You could even name the coach before Nick Saban. Mike Shula, by the way. You could not even name him. You're the fakest, fraudest 
phoniest pieces of garbage fan base I've ever seen. You have never attended a basketball game at Alabama in your entire life until the last couple of years. And you can't say differently because if you do, you're lying. You're a liar. You have not mentioned. I have never seen in my entire existence of my 35 years of living, Austin, going anywhere and seeing an Alabama basketball fan. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen an Alabama basketball fan freaking anywhere in your life? Saw more football jerseys at basketball games this year than any time in my life. Exactly. They're phony. They're frauds and they're garbage fans. Especially garbage where, where you live, Nashville. I feel like maybe in Birmingham, maybe in Tuscaloosa, you get the real Alabama's Alabama fans. And maybe I know some of them have kept track of basketball for their whole lives. Some of them did. But the ones you meet in Nashville, the ones you meet in Chattanooga, those people are just the kind of like people who just hop on to whatever's trending right now. And I hate those people more than any of them in the world. And they 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 say they're all benefits just because I know a guy, he, he born and raised in Chattanooga and his daughter decided to go to Alabama. And suddenly he's the biggest Alabama fan on earth. He never wasn't born in the state, never went there. Uh, I don't, I don't remember where he went. Oh, maybe with ETC, but uh, yeah, suddenly he's an Alabama fan. And I guarantee you though, if they had a down year, he would not watch half those games. There would be no way in hell he would, he would support that he'd be wearing any crimson and those are the people i just hate the most those people who think it's like a trending thing to just go support your team they're not there for when you're going four and eight and losing to uh georgia state and and all that crap they're, they don't care about that about them they don't they would not survive the decade of dysfunction that tennessee fans have gone through no never in a million years they they would they wouldn't care they they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to name you a player they, they probably still can't name you a player. They may be able to say Bryce Young. Tell me, okay, who's your uh, starting left tackle? Who's your, uh, you know, uh, strong safety? Who's that? Who's that? And not nothing. They have nothing to say. It's, you it's, can't, you, you can't, yeah, you can't, what you just said. They can't name half the people on their team. And, and don't get me wrong, there are some legit Alabama fans, but the majority of you are, man, just stop. You're ridiculous. You're pathetic. Uh, you are so just bandwagon. You that fan base Austin is a definition of bandwagon. They don't jump on shit until their team is shit. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. It's what you just said about the decade of dysfunction of UT. Me and you. This is why I'm so passionate about the the basketball team in in winning because we've gone through so much pain. You just want to. You, you see our teams get so close so many times, and you just want to see it. Yes. You 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 want you want to see the the the, the championship. You want to see uh, just advancement into just the we wrote winning. A book about our failures, Mark. Yeah, Mark Nagy. Shout Mark out. Nagy. <laughs> yes, that's Nagy. A book about yes, Mark Nagy. Oh, about our failures, and it's just coming from a fan base that has just been there, that has been through the lowest of lows. Who me and you. Jerry Pruitt year, sitting first row every single game, just watching this garbage because we support our team and 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 watching these Alabama fans that have suddenly become basketball fans. Get the hell out. You're garbage. You are absolute garbage. You're pieces of crap fans. You don't even care about it. You're looking down at your phones during the game. You're not even watching the game. You're garbage. Every one of you are garbage.
all you amateur lawyers, all you guys who told me, oh, he didn't bring, oh, he, he didn't know the gun was in there. Yes, he did. Uh, I don't care what any of them say. They, they're, they're trying to push the narrative that Brandon Miller didn't know about the gun. And yes, he did. He, he brought it to the scene. It was using a murder. And you guys, you guys still sat there and supported him and watched him and enjoyed that season. And what did they, what happened, though? What happened? What happened? The boys from San Diego State delivered justice for all of America. Ended their <laughs> stupid little season in the Sweet 16. You guys, you guys played a guy, became the biggest enemies of in college basketball history. And all it got them was a sweet 16. That's all it got them. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just, uh, I can't, I, I just, I loathe, I hate the Alabama fan base. They are, they are there when they're up and they're not there when they're down. When, like when our fan base was going through that time, when we were just exhausted of losing, we still stuck with them. We were still selling out our football season. Can you imagine if Alabama was losing like we were losing, how empty their stadium would be. No, ours was full, completely full, just about. You know, we had 100,000 people, 98, 99,000 people at our stadium to watch us lose. We knew the result. We still came. Those losers would check out. You're losers. They'll never know the mentality of driving up I-75 and paying money to see a game you know you're gonna lose there's a certain it's 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 a crazy feeling like not having like like when you actually are on the way of the game you're like what if we win that'd be freaking crazy (laughs) that's like (laughs) like, no no you you seriously you go to tailgates you went to tailgates because in the back of your mind like what if it's one of those games where we pull it off but guess what every time it literally wasn't but guess what we did we stuck with our team. We stuck with them. We we we, we watched we watched miserable sports, miserable football, miserable just garbage. I'm and there. we were there every game, Austin. Every game. I'll never forget being in the stadium when when Cal Phillips forced a fumble on uh, Jalen Hurts. When Jalen Hurts was the backup, and we scored a touchdown to make the score, I think forty-five to fourteen. <laughs> yes, you'll never get that feeling, Bama fans. You'll yes. never have that because you know yeah. why. Oh, I, I, I pray to God you get that bad again. The God, that'd be hilarious. Um, oh my gosh! Well, no, no, it's just like losing it's, the it's Southern like, Miss. God, there was, there was, who, who, who yeah, dude, that one year. And there was this guy I was talking to a while back, and he had the, he had the nerve. It's a Alabama fan quotations, air quotations for those who aren't watching. Quotations, Alabama fan. It's like, oh, we went through some rough times. Like, shut up. You never went through rough crap. You didn't go through rough anything. So let's rewind back to this past year, 52-49. 52-49. Do you know why mm-hmm. we went so crazy? Why we're so happy? Because we've been through horrible, like just horrible. Horrible times, horrible, just pathetic, horrible, just, just I can't even explain it with words how bad it was. And the people that want to make fun of us, like, oh, to feel, blah, blah, blah. Yes, that's how bad we had it. And you just sit there, you piece of garbage Alabama fans, oh, we're basketball fans. Shut up. No, you're not. You're not even close. You're just jumping on the bandwagon. You didn't even care. And you left immediately after. You went to the bathroom during the game when there was like one minute left. You're garbage. You're scum. Yeah. Alabama fans can just get out. That joy we felt when we beat them 
was greater than any joy those fans will ever feel. Because yep. you know why? Real joy comes from suffering. You have to suffer to mm -hmm. know how sweet victories are. And I'm going to act like exactly. they, they saw nothing. I mean, they did lose to Yeoman Row that one year, and, and they had some bad years. Thank God. For oh, that's Fulmer, bad. Thank God Fulmer turned oh them into the NCAA. God. But I, I think that fan base, they, they need to be humbled. I need We need the bandwagoners to just go somewhere else because you're always going to have them in big cities like Nashville and, and uh, border cities like Chattanooga. You're always going to have that bandwagon section people. But I, I think I really need the band fans to go through some real trauma. Like, I want I, I want to see that because I, I was a kid when they were going 4-8 and eight and 3-9. and nine. I never got to see that. I And... I think it bred some of the most insane people you will ever see down in the lowest parts of Alabama. It was it was a short period of time though that they were going that. And it's like in like what they went to national title what like ninety two, and then oh I'm sorry you you had a little short break and then you won like six in a row, not yeah. literally six in a row but you won like six in a short amount of time. Like shut up. I I specifically remember this past season we had a bye week and Alabama was playing. We had a bye week. And I, I was walking into, I think it was like Walmart or some, somewhere like that. And there was a guy in like his Bama shirt with a Bama hat on. And he was walking into Walmart. And I wanted to be like, dude, you know your team is playing right now, right? Yeah, right. You know your team is on the field right now. Like, they're, they're, they're playing at this exact moment. Dude, that, you're that, the that, prime that. example of the scum of bandwagon garbage I'm talking about. You shouldn't be allowed to buy colors for a team if you're not going to watch them every time they touch the field. And if you do have to miss a game, someone better have died. Okay. I uh, am a wedding. Yeah, unless, unless you're going to a funeral at Walmart. I don't, well, maybe it makes I mean, sense to their fan base. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like the amount of times that we suck, Austin. I'm glued to either the TV. Or I'm there. Doesn't matter how bad we are. I'm there. Like the amount of times that me and you bit the games, we're just like, oh, we're gonna lose, but we're gonna yeah. go anyways. Tickets were a lot cheaper out there that much. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. But it we're was there. damn near free to go. But we're uh, there we're and supporting. There. We're, supporting. we're there and supporting. And this okay. this asshole Alabama fan that I saw walking into Walmart with all his Alabama gear and me just sitting there like your team's playing right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh wait, saying? you don't know. Okay, you don't know. All right. That's oh, cool. oh, oh, we winning? Um, probably. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> probably loser. Loser. Um, uh, loser fan base. Well, loser fan. Alabama loser fan base. Do you know who joke wasn't of a fan loser? Base. You know who wasn't a loser though? Tennessee know baseball. Tennessee mm, baseball. They got swept last weekend by Missouri and this fan base was enjoying basketball but um but, but in the back of our heads like oh god what if they suck what if we really suck at baseball this year that that mm. would not be good but this weekend they had some good weather apparently that's really very important <laughs> and uh and uh beat the living hell out of AM and on saturday getting a walk off sack fly today zane didn't got five rbis two homers and did you see his, I think his second homer, they were interviewing yes. the, the coach for AM and and he, he sent one to the porch. And I, there was like, the awkwardness. <laughs> it was like, 
he he was at the plate and they had they had two analysts on the left side of the screen if you're watching on tv let me paint the picture of it uh they're they're interviewing the texas a&m coach texas a&m coach on the right side of the screen he's 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 magnified he's he's the big side of the screen and you have the two analysts which is just two small squares on the left side of the screen and they're interviewing them and then they zoom out and and go to the plate where Zane is sitting there and then he just blasts one mid interview and the coach starts talking underneath his breath did you see that uh, the coach I, is like, I couldn't run. hear what he said I couldn't make it out you can't he's pissed like, oh. he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's pissed and he's like talking underneath his breath like he's so mad he's like i'm yeah but he's, this... uh, yeah he's, he's developed great uh he goes back I'm, to talking about the player he was talking about I'm, I'm in this interview right now and this guy just just sit one yard just yarded one over the bleachers like that was that i mean he destroyed that ball and watching that coach just Watch that go as he's interviewing was spectacular TV. Mm-hmm. Spectacular. This offense, man, uh, has seen some struggle of late. But this weekend you saw what it could really be. This team could be the greatest in the country, the best in the country, if they could really put things together. And we got to see a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Zane didn't, the kid you are talking about. He, funny mm-hmm. enough, good. I should have used this, this as the transition actually earlier. That kid spent three years at Alabama. He's from Nashville, and he spent three years at Alabama and was their best player, but came up here because he wanted to kick some ass because he was sick of the middling Alabama bat baseball. And, man, you know what? Oh, wait, wait. Don't, don't worry, though. If Alabama baseball starts winning, there's going to be a whole lot of fans out of nowhere. Oh, okay. yeah, out of nowhere. Go ahead. Nowhere. I mean, Go ahead. No, the Go only ahead. time I knew Bama or saw Alabama fan mention baseball is when they finally they they beat us when we were number one last year. I'm like, oh, they suddenly care now, because because they hate us. They they will always hate us, no matter how bad we are. Um, but man, now, do you know who oh, our next four series are? I've seen it. Yes, it's brutal. Number we're at number one LSU, at home against number three Florida, then um, back on the road against number five Arkansas and then back at home against number four Vandy. So you got four straight series against top five opponents. That's that's uh that's some brutal that's uh, that, ain't, that ain't easy. Huh. What would you consider success in those uh what is three times four? Uh splitting it. Splitting it. Six and six? Splitting it. Just split it. I mean it's, I mean, it's- we we did we did this. You remember us doing this so many times last year? We're like, what would be a success? Splitting it. We said it so many times last year, and we just won all of them. And mm-hmm. I, I know we don't have the team, but like, I just, oh, man. like, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about we don't have the same team as we did last year. But in the same mindset, you watch this team. It's like this team is starting to to gel a little bit. I know their records is what, like what, 18 or 19 and six, something mm-hmm. like that around the realm of that. They're, they're lower in the SEC rankings, like what, five or six or something like that around that. And I don't know, man. I, I would almost rather be in this position right now than what we had last year because I feel like this team is going to click. 
and they're starting to kind of get that little momentum of knowing each other because it takes a while when you have a new team. Yeah, it, it, it takes a minute, you know. It, it takes a second, but I think when this team starts to click, this team's going to be so dangerous because you've already seen how the bats fly with this team, mm-hmm. and then they need to work on the defensive side of the ball just a little bit. But a I think bit when of base team, running, yeah, a little bit of base running. That was, but that I think when this, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree with that. But I think they'll get those things fixed. And when we get to the end of the year, this team is going to be so dead gum dangerous. That's what I was trying to tell some people. They 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 acted like, like some people act like this was like the finished product. Like this is as good as they'll no. get. You brought no. in like ten transfers, and you thought no. they were going to be playing perfect by uh, freaking early March. No, and, you know I I'm, I'm not I'm not saying weather is an excuse, but it just so happens to be this is the first time they get good weather and they they kick some ass. I think when the, the when things start heating up. The ball starts flying a little bit more. You're going to see some real fun things. Uh, the the one thing that concerns me more than anything, anything, is not the base running, not the defense. It's uh, our starting rotation is known as the most dominant, what was by far the best rotation in all of baseball, college baseball. And this year it's been, it, it's been not great. With We let up... Uh, Runs in the first inning, all three games against AM. It was a clear issue against Missouri and Gonzaga, even. Uh, I'm not saying I'm like going to hit the panic button on Dolander and Burns and Beam, but uh, it's a little concerning. I, I really want them to hopefully start looking like their dominant selves by, uh, you know, by April. But I will say that, uh, I, I, I'm really concerned about this, and then I looked at it. We we do still have the best ERA in the entire SEC. <laughs> like like pitching is what something I'm worried about, and we have the best ERA in the conference. The pitching, listen, it goes what I've always said. You always going to critique your team harder than anyone else. Yeah. But then when you look at that, the ERA, it is the strongest in the SEC. Like it just mm-hmm. is. It's like you think it's bad, but then you look at it like, okay, it's not actually. But I think again, we, hold, you, we held them to the standard of last year, mm-hmm, and they were you so do. freaking dominant. I mean, you th- do. literally, you were breaking every SEC record last year. There was nothing like you last year at this uh, in the re- regular season. the The team we had, I think they blew past the record for most runs scored in the season, or something like that, and and it had the lowest ERA in the entire league. It, it was it was unheard of how good they were last year. Like everyone was looking at you to see if you're cheating last year because of yeah, how good you were. That and, good. Like there was no reasonable. It, it was like it was like I'm not saying we're on steroids, but it was like we we're on steroids. How good we were, uh, unheard of nearly. And now yeah. this team finally got their first big sweep. They they actually hadn't had a big. They their best win was Gonzaga, I think, before this weekend. And it was. We got a, you got a sweep over a top 25 opponent. Doubt they'll be top 25 anymore, but you got to sweep over a top 25 opponent. And now you get to go to Baton Rouge and play the number just, one LSU fighting Tigers. I don't know. I would just, I would just be patient with this team. I would. Because I think towards this is going to be a tough stretch. If they can split, I think it'd be great. But I also think that 
it's good that they're having this test now with this stretch than towards the end. I just, I just, I think this team, I don't know. It's hard to rebuild a team, especially after last season, but Tony Vitello type teams, they're just going to continue to rebuild. They're going to continue to reload. It's not never going to stop. You're going to have years that are kind of not as good as the previous years or this and that. But, dude, as long as this dude is your head coach, you're going to have legit I mean, teams. This team is built off of transfers. The guys mm-hmm. that were kicking ass. And, like, we have the big all Big 12 team, 396 there from Kansas, uh, the AAC player of the year from Cincinnati, a bunch of dominant uh, relievers we brought in, uh, Alabama's best player. We we got all those guys on our team. And Blake Burke is obviously a freaking monster. You got all these guys. I just, I feel like if you give them a month, maybe, they could be looking, I'm not saying better than last year, because that's damn near impossible. <laughs> but um, but uh, they could be looking like almost to that level. Uh, I think it's definitely a possibility. And I'm actually going to make a prediction that uh, Chase Dolander in this next start against LSU will not allow any runs the first four innings because he's been struggling and always lets up runs to start. But I feel like mm-hmm. he's about to flip that switch. You know, he's about yeah, to. It's, it's, it's just one of those things, man. When you have a new team, when things start to click, man, they really start to click. That's why I'm not worried. And I remember him, when this team clicks, they're going to click. I'm telling you. I remember him against LSU last year in the SEC tournament. Um, he got through the first, he was dominant through the first and the second. And he saw a little bit, I think they got the bases loaded or something and scored a couple runs in third. And they came out and talked to him. And he just was, after they talked to him, he shut them down. Like he Mm -hmm. was just a monster, like Max Fried in game six of the World Series type of monster. Mm -hmm. And I just, that guy, that's what he is. I mean, this guy's projected to go number two overall in the draft. Right. And, if this rotation can start being up to their normal standard, be who they are, it's the best rotation in all of college baseball. And if this lineup can get really, really going, it can be damn near the best offense in all of college baseball, which will make you, I believe, the best team in college baseball. Mm-hmm. All right. gonna, don't miss a minute of this LC series. That is arguably the two most talented teams in the country. Right. Uh, I agree with you. I agree with everything you just said. Um, Let's go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. I I do DoorDash occasionally, and uh, I was delivering to this uh, hotel, and uh, this kid was, I think he was like 16 years old. I he he was, I had to get him like some cold medicine. I was delivering him cold medicine, and for that, you got to check someone's ID. This kid's like 16 years old, and uh, he's from Mississippi. I think he came up here for like a baseball tournament or something. And uh, he he saw my Tennessee shirt. It's like, oh, you're a Tennessee fan? Man, they got an awesome baseball team. Exactly. Uh, it's it, and and he just started talking about how much they, how awesome, like the how like they're the most the coolest team in baseball. And he'd kill to play there. Every guy he knows would kill to play there. His well, yes, it's, it's one of those. It's just one of those things I just mentioned. It's like you don't realize how good your team is until you talk to other people. Well, what I'm, what it made me realize is like the culture and how popular they were last year 
that's like you're the new Miami. You're 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 the coolest team in the country. you you, that's a good example sometimes i look at like our stadium like oh this is crappy we need to upgrade this upgrade that we got to get better pitching right there yada 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 but you don't realize how cool you your program is perceived by others those are that's that's the program yeah no that's that's a accurate statement it really is people with eyes outside of what we see are completely different from what we see um real quick to close the podcast out the final four is Florida Atlantic University, FAU versus San Diego State, and UConn versus Miami. Who is in your final? Just like game? everyone predicted it, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's, in your final, who's in your final game? Uh, I, I got mine, so, and I think it's going to be a doozy. A doozy. UConn. And I'll go. Ooh, that's a tough FAU San Diego State. Uh, I'll go San Diego State versus uh, UConn and UConn kicking their ass for the title. I got San Diego State and Miami, two teams that are so similar. My God, they're similar. It's gonna be a slugfest. First time Lunenig is back in the Final Four since that George Mason team. A, a slugfest. <laughs> but Austin, it was fun. Mm-hmm. And we will do it again next week. But again, tough loss in Street 16. But also, it was a fun podcast. Go balls. God bless. See you later, my friends. This is a channel podcast. I'm not, I'm not a baseball player. I'm Randy. <laughs> Along with Todd Austin. Evidently. Peace out, my friends. Peace out.